is. I love uh, how like we joked in the beginning. Is this going to be a tea podcast or a wine podcast? And we're both it was drinking a tea podcast. And now we're both drinking beer. <laughs> I'm Don, and I'm Colleen, and we watched a really bad musical. <laughs> Yes, welcome to Austin and the A-Train, where two modern American ladies discuss all things Jane Austen. So today we are talking about Pride and Prejudice, the musical, specifically, apparently there are multiple ones, so let me specify. It is the one by Paul Gordon, I have a little bio about him that we'll get to in a little bit. But first, Dawn, what is your background with musical theater? So I grew up with, my mom was like a Broadway baby, like we didn't live in New York, but we would like go to New York like once a year to see like seven shows in three days like the amount of like double like show days the national tours which hey any like pure broadway fans don't you dare knock on those national tours they're amazing Um, a lot of the times they have like the regular cast or not the regular like the original cast like if they go off broadway they usually do a tour i would say it's usually like the same quality like Mm -hmm. yeah it's same quality just a different theater usually this is where like my my academic hat or like banner goes but i like the fact that the national tours bring something that's not just in new york to mm-hmm. other places like cuz i think that's kind of a big issue in the world is more people yeah. think oh you have to go to the most city of cities of cities of cities to experience any culture and it's like that's not true it's not like, true like at all no yeah. there are some like great art stuff that happens like like, I've heard, actually, Kansas City has a pretty good art scene, and, like, I know Georgia, mm-hmm. like, has a pretty good film scene nowadays. Rhode Island is, like, full of artsy hicks. Like, it's equal parts, <laughs> like, hicks, but it's also equal parts, like, very artsy. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm getting off traffic, but, yeah, I grew up with musical theater all my life. I did mus- I like did musical theater throughout. It was such a big dream of mine to do Broadway. Um, I was a dancer for like 18 years I did like Broadway dance workshops that would come to my studio just to kind of give an insight into what my dancing style was like so we did a Wicked workshop once and like the people from like the Wicked national tour like came to teach us some of the dances and they were just like you have to do like weird shapes because this is the land of Oz and someone in my dance studio turned to me and said oh you're really good at this Oh my god, I love that. Yeah. Uh, oh, we also had American Idiot come, which was just like, oh, we have to do push-ups now. <laughs> oh, that's right. American Idiot, like when Green Day wrote a musical. I forget that that happens sometimes. It did. Well, the issue was, is like, American Idiot is an amazing concept album, and it does have a story. Mm-hmm. But people who would go see American Idiot want to hear Billy Joe Armstrong saying they don't want the Broadway actress to sing. Yeah. And the way that Billy Joe Armstrong sings is so different than the way that professional Broadway actors are trained to sing. Yeah. That like, I have several comments about that and to bring up in a little bit. But yeah, keep going. Um, anyway, okay, considering I'm going that in-depth about stuff... I have a big background in musical theater. I love musical theater. I used to, like, that was, like, my guilty... Like, it's weird because, like, if you go into, like, music school, like, that's, like, it was, like, my guilty pleasure in music school because all, like, so many people, like, in our program look down at musical theater. And it was like, this is amazing. I love musicals so much. (laughs) I have so many thoughts about that. As much as I love, like, Broadway, like, and I, like, I wanted to be on Broadway for a really long time. (laughs) Um, Like. My main, like, my main thing that definitely is, what like, was more clarinet, so, like, I'm a pretty decent singer, I'm a pretty decent soprano, mm-hmm. like, 
I'm probably better than like people who are like, I can't sing, but you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to belt it out. But yeah, Colleen can definitely speak to more of the technical <laughs> side of the singing. I was definitely more of the dancing side. Like I am a big, like part of the reason why I love Broadway besides the stories and the music is like the dancing. I love yes. the dancing so Oh my much. God, the dancing. Okay, so now it's time for my Broadway backstory. So I have been described both by myself and by many other people as just a musical theater geek. Like when people ask me, what's your favorite type of music? I go, musicals. And then if if they're not in the know about how great musicals are, they just kind of stare at me like, okay. Um, So yeah, so that's... Exactly. Um, So I love listening to them. I love discussing them. So I grew up pretty close to Broadway. And I got to see a couple of shows when I was growing up, but, like, they're really expensive. So I come from not a large family, but, like, the type of family where, like, if one of us is going to a Broadway show, all of us are going to a Broadway show. So that becomes very pricey very fast. So I grew up sometimes seeing Broadway shows and then sometimes just, like, listening to the soundtrack and then um like looking at looking up the plot on wikipedia so that way i could imagine it in my mind and looking at clips on youtube and trying to find illegal recordings that are very bad and don't do them um, definitely definitely didn't watch spring no breaking with leah michelle and jonathan graf when i was 15 and should not have been watching <laughs> oh my spring god awakening. Oh, Spring Awakening. Oh, so many thoughts about that. I used to dance for years. I took ballet, jazz, and tap. Tap was my favorite, and that was, um, I, when I was little, I wanted to be a dancer when I grew up, and tap was my favorite, so I was just like, oh, I guess I gotta be a Broadway star. And then, I've always loved singing, too, so I went to, like, a musical theater camp since I was, like, in fifth grade. I'm not gonna age myself by saying how long ago that was, but just, you, you just need to know it was a while ago. I've been singing musical theater for even longer than that. And Dawn and I met in music school. You probably figured that out by now. And my main instrument was voice. So when I went to music school, I had to learn, when I was auditioning, I had to learn songs other than musical theater, which like broke my heart, but that helped me like get into opera because a lot of conventions from musical theater like started in opera. So it was kind of cool to kind of see how those connect. Also, if you love insane stories, you have to try out opera. Like <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. Opera is insane. Like the, the way I put it is like the way musicals are all about love most of the time is like how opera is usually about sex and there's some and hilarity ensues. See, I like, I result, I like say that like opera is like K-dramas or telenovelas. <laughs> Mm. Yeah. That's how yeah, I they're, they're it. a lot like telenovelas. Like, the stories are pretty insane. I learned that a lot of my, like, professors, except for the voice teachers, did not like musical theater. Actually, no, it was specifically the opera theater director hated musicals. And she just, I, I don't know why. I'm convinced the reason she hated musicals was because musicals are more successful than the operas she directed. There, I said it. I think that's part of where the snobbery comes from, because musicals just, they make a lot of money. Well, I think it's the whole idea of art versus commercialism. Like, and yeah. I do have to say, I saw it. I loved it. Frozen the musical was not made as art. Frozen the musical no. was like Disney a cash to grab make money. Yeah, yeah, it was a cash grab. So I think Frozen the movie, however, I would say straddles the line. I would, ar- yeah, I would argue that like Frozen, like, well, it didn't. People had no idea that Frozen was going to be that big. Like, yeah, they had no idea. 
And then as soon as it started to be big, it was like, all right, bring in the money. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say musical theater, like there are some musical theater that's art. Like Hadestown is a work of art. Hamilton is a work, work of, of art. art. And then you have the more commercial ones like Mean Girls the Musical. Why did it need to happen? Yeah, I don't, I like, I love Mean Girls and it's like. I love the movie. The musical's okay, but like, why did it need to be a musical see, is always my question. But I also like I love the girl who I like I mean I also love the actress who plays um Janice. Her name is Barrett something. Oh my god, she's so good. Like she was also Veronica in Heathers and like yeah, she can yeah. Heathers she's got is some another pipes. example. Heather is another Heathers is another example of like why did this need to be a musical? But like the music's actually like really good. So no, I'd I say it's say, like, like in between. I would say like especially cuz like by the time that Heathers the musical came out Heather's was like 30 years old like no like it was a little bit more underground mm-hmm. than Mean Girls whereas like people have been quoting yeah. Mean Girls ever since it came out whereas yeah. Heather's like if you're a big fan of Heather's then yes you've been quoting it ever since it came out however yeah. like it was a little bit more underground yeah okay I agree with that the okay, other so. story about our opera like our opera director um who I like worked for at one point we don't talk about that time um <laughs> she's like Miranda Priestley but without the well, she- organization no, she, like, so there was, like, one of our colleagues, or, yeah, I guess colleagues, like, one of our fellow students, she had been trained by her voice teacher to sing in a very musical theater style, like, throughout her entire life. Oh, yeah, because she wanted to be a Broadway actress. Yeah, and then she sung this art song, so it was, a, like, it was, like, in the classical repertoire, and you were allowed to audition with an repertoire that mm-hmm. was an English of an Emily Dickinson poem. Yeah. And, like, again, it wasn't, it was not musical theater. It wasn't English. It was composed by Aaron Copeland, which is, like, for those of you not in the know, Aaron Copeland is, like, the golden boy of, The all-American like, composer. The all-American, <laughs> yeah, the all-American classical composer. Like, if you know who the composer is, like, you're not arguing that it's musical theater. It never went on Broadway. Austin, the A-Train, where you can hear about music and you can he- listen to all this about Austin. Um, exactly, right? Uh, uh, anyway, we're going to bring this back, we promise. But, yeah, yeah anyway, I remember she, that. like... She was just like, we don't do that here. And I just yeah, remember... She got so like, heated, and everyone was like, it's an art song. Well, and I remember, like, this one girl who, like... We weren't even, like, really friends with her, but, like, she just whispered to me, that's an Emily Dickinson poem. Like, does anyone want to explain that to the teacher? She was also, um, like, side note, that woman, the opera director, was kind of, like... A pseudo intellectual, so I don't... She She fancied herself super intellectual and, like, misunderstood artist but she wasn't so that also bothered me because it was just like you're being such a snob but you didn't even know this is Emily Dickinson poem like it was one of the famous ones too it was like I never saw a storm I never saw the world it was that one I forget yeah that one I think is I've never seen volcanoes yeah maybe yeah voice teachers know that musical theater is their bread and butter they will make their money if somebody wants to go on Broadway or audition for the school play and like all the musical um all of the voice teachers that I've ever worked with love musical theater, and I remember my senior my senior year of college, my voice teacher and I, we just, like, sight-read musical theater. Like, he had, like, one of those giant Broadway books, and we sight-read stuff from Cats, from Les Mis, from Meow. Phantom of the Opera, from Wicked. Like, we had... Exactly. Like, we had the time of our lives. But I will say that, um, and that this is going to come up in a little bit, but the style in which you sing the more classical-sounding stuff, like Rodgers and Hammerstein's, Broadway, it's more similar to how you sing opera versus how you sing, like, Wicked or... 
upon Hamilton. It's a complete yeah. Exactly. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> exactly. Pirates also... of um, Yeah, the way you sing that is completely different. So I'm going to go into some technical details. Cause, so um, if you don't uh, want to listen to that, I will give you a warning, I promise. For reference, for ju- just as for reference, I also took voice lessons for like something like eight years. Mm-hmm. I just chose not to in college. Like, yeah. So if I ever, if I do start talking about singing stuff, Colleen is definitely more of the expert on me. But I am not completely getting out of my own lane. Just as. yeah, like Dawn knows what she's talking about. I just know more about what we're talking about. It's like I have a bachelor's. Colleen has a PhD. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, not exactly yeah. that level, I guess. Or like uh, like they they get yeah, it. They get it. Are, they're smart right, people. They're, they get it. they're listening to a podcast about Jane Austen. They know what they're yeah exactly. <laughs> they, they, so, they must sort of um, know what we're talking about. Okay, so let's talk about. This musical of Pride and Prejudice. Before we get into our initial impressions, I just want to say that. Um, so, if you want to watch it, we recommend that you do. It's available free of charge on Amazon Prime we as well do? as. do? For disclaimer purposes. Um, if um. you want to watch it and see for yourself, there, that's a better way to put it. Uh, see if our criticism holds up. That's totally fine. It's available free of charge on Amazon Prime, so it's not like you have to shell out any extra money if you really. If your curiosity is really killing you on why we have such strong feelings about this. So I'm going to preface this, too, with a story that may seem unrelated. But I think it was back in 2000... I think it was 2003, 2004. Mm -hmm. There was a musical that was quasi-successful. It made national tours, so it was successful enough. That Mm -hmm. I actually liked that not a lot of people liked. And it was Little Women. And I really liked it back then. Because... First of all, I think the story is a classic one. And spoiler alert: Louisa May Alcott can write books. Um, yes, like it's a genuinely like it's a classic like story. Like especially like for like young women, like it's about like, wait a women sec. Em- I think we have the same note. Keep going. Empowering women, and the music was actually pretty decent. Like I would mm-hmm. say, was it the best musical? No. It but, had Sutton Foster in it, so, like, I'll watch Sutton Foster. I'll listen to Sutton Foster sing my grocery list if she really wants to. I will watch the I will watch the uh, Stars Hollow musical starring Sutton Foster again right? and again and again. Oh, my God. Um, so I was like, that's why I was just like, oh, I guess it could be like this. And there's also a really good musical musical interpretation of The Secret Garden, which is another one of those, like... Oh, yeah, that one's cute, older. too. Yeah, there's actually for little... Like, this is going to sound weird, but for little kids, because mm-hmm. this was, like, my first um, voice lesson song, is, like, there's, like, so many, like, good songs that, like, fit well in, like, a little mm-hmm. girl's voice range yeah. that are really cute. So if any of our listeners have kids that they want to become Broadway actors, um, I guess they could use the songs from the musical The Secret mm-hmm. Garden. Um, but yeah, so point but, being, this being done to an older book is not uncommon. I will also say Little Women, um, the show was written, I believe it was written by a woman, the Broadway show, and it was also, the music was also composed by a woman, and that is something that I will, I have a lot of thoughts with regards to Pride and Prejudice, which was not written by a woman, it was actually all written by one man, and I have a lot of thoughts about that. And I guess, like, in the world of, like, writing, like, musicals or movie adaptations, going for stuff like Pride and Prejudice, Great Expectations. It's all um, public domain, so everybody yeah. goes for it. So it's like it's easy. Like if you like and that's if you why a it. lot of like 
what like in conservatories like they have you write like if you want to learn how to compose a like an art song they'll take they'll have you do a Shakespeare po- like a Shakespeare mm-hmm. poem yep. or like another kind of like poem like Emily Dickinson Walt Women because they're not un- because they're under public domain yeah so yeah like it's one of those oh it can be done and especially in like the musical setup most of the songs in musicals like most of them are usually set up to talk about the characters feelings yeah like in defying gravity and wicked alphabet is not like and i'm flying away yeah like defying gravity doesn't really defying gravity does not really escalate the plot yeah so that's something we should talk about in musicals you basically have one of two types of songs where you have songs that move the plot forward and you have songs that just kind of talk about people's feelings um, okay, so a little bit about the musical Pride and Prejudice by Paul Gordon. It was performed at Palo Alto's Theater Works Silicon Valley, where it ran for like a month. The production was directed by Robert Kelly and choreographed by Dottie Lester White. Uh, Paul, so a little background on Paul Gordon. He has written many, pretty, a, a lot of musicals before, usually based off of books from this era. So he is nominated for um, the 2001 Tony Award for composing the music and lyrics to the musical Jane Eyre. And I've listened to it. It's not that bad. It's not the best in the world i'd say i haven't listened to a lot of it but i've listened to a little bit of it because i love jane Eyre. he's also he also won a um in 2015 he won a jeff award for the best new work for his book music and lyrics for sense and sensibility which was commissioned by the chicago shakespeare theater company he is one of three founders for streamingmusicals.com which is critically acclaimed austin adaptation so he has another musical that's floating around on amazon prime that's based off of emma but pride and prejudice seems to be his most most recent work he's also written some other stuff but this would be like his most recent work he also run, won some awards for his off-broadway show daddy long legs and I i've, I've heard of daddy that. long legs yeah daddy long like- legs there's a lot from daddy long legs i've listened to more of daddy long legs by accident because it came up on my spotify playlist several times but there's a lot of like right so weird but there's a lot of stuff from daddy long legs that comes through in pride and prejudice in his adaptation of it and i um I don't think it works. So let's get to our initial thoughts. This was bad. This was like what? This was one of those things where I feel like someone in a writer's room was like, women, what do women like? Women like musicals and women like Pride and Prejudice. So let's see if we can do that. (laughs) The thing that bothers me is that it wasn't multiple people working on it. And I think that would have helped the show a lot because it was just one man. So I've personally would like to propose renaming this production. Men who don't know how to write women, the musical. If I could bring Rogers and Hammerstein back from the dead and bankroll them to rewrite this musical, I would do it because I have several problems with this musical uh, as an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, as a musical, and then as a performance. And I actually had to break up watching it into chunks because I was getting so frustrated watching it. The thing is, like, Pride and Prejudice is set up as it could be, like, a pretty good musical because, again, mm-hmm. so much of the plot is very introspective. Exactly. Like, it could have worked like, it really, so well. It, like, just like how some, like, a lot of Little Women is also very interest, like, mm-hmm. inter, like, introspective like it's so it like it has the setup to work but it just it was so bad it was it was so bad it was not it was not good it was two hours i wasted two hours on this i know i was sitting there oh my god my poor husband was in the other room and he just heard me going oh my god the entire time i what 
various other noises right. just because oh my god and also okay i actually like kind of like researched into this because i'm curious about it so the decline of the movie musical came with the decline of musical style of like the musical theater style following pop music that's mm-hmm. actually that's that is a big reason why movie musicals became less popular because they stopped following pop music so and ever yeah. since then like musical theater music has gotten this really bad rap of being like bad and like it's just one of those ones where like I knock it off a lot where I'm like come on it's not every song that's like that like especially now we have like a lot more pop forward musicals or like rock forward musicals with Dear Evan Hansen and The Lightning Thief like two mm-hmm. that I can name off the top of my head so but, let's like with- this yeah. was very stereotypical oh this is what bad musical theater sounds like yeah so like, let's all, go let's all yeah. of the songs just kind of sound like this this like they, that uh, song okay. in monty python that was like yeah. this is the song that kind of goes like this it goes it down like this but yep. then it so, goes back up like this i think we should talk about this for like we should talk about our different issues with it i like organized my notes i have six pages of pages of notes you guys i promise i i will skip I'll sum up some of them because um, they're all pretty much the same because as, as I watch these things I like take notes on my phone and then I put them in a Google Doc and then I'm like oh no um, so I say first let's talk about it as an adaptation then as a musical and then as a performance because I have a lot of things to say about um, it they SH. didn't understand the characters at all yes. like they made yeah they made Elizabeth Bennett being like, I don't want to get married. And oh I'm my a God. Yeah. Can we, so the first, so um, to illustrate that, let's read the description of it on Amazon Prime. Mr. Darcy reluctantly finds himself falling in love with a woman beneath his class. Can each overcome their own pride and prejudice? And that's, that's literally it. That's literally all they talked about. So even the description is not focused on Lizzie Bennet as a person or as a character with, like, thoughts and feelings and a personality. Also, um, there's, like, so. it's less, it's more than, like, oh, well, oh, do I, should I marry down? It's, like, uh, there's, like, a, like, Lizzie didn't want him. Um, right? Like, uh, oh, my God. It's, like, someone watched the BBC miniseries, watered it down, and removed any and all subtleties from it, and then added music in all the wrong spots. Because Lizzie, but, like, yes, Lizzie is headstrong, but also, like, they made Lizzie, like, out to be, like, this, like, kind of, like, the Eloise Bridgerton character, where she's, like, yeah. oh, I'm, like, I, like... I don't want to get married and blah, blah, blah. And, like, look, that's a fine character. That's not Elizabeth Bennet. Elizabeth Bennet is happy being, like, the girl. Like, she's happy dancing at parties. She loves playing card games, and she's fine with the idea of of having to get married. That's the Mm -hmm. world that she's living. She's not questioning it. The thing that she questions is marrying for love. That's what she questions. Exactly. They They really throw the theme that, like, happy of like about happiness in marriage they they just focus on it as like getting married they don't focus on it as this is life or death for these women like who they marry and if they get married determines their entire financial future so it's it's like somebody just kept throwing the word marriage in your face and just kept saying it for two hours without understanding like why marriage was important the way they all they and all they talk about with how the laws favor women is they literally say yes did you know that laws favor women 
not favor men over women it's like um yeah and they also they it's supposed to be a whole criticism on women being forced into marriage so they can survive and turned it into a lizzie bennett's not like other girls she'll only marry for love if she gets married at all and she also mouthed off to like everybody like it's like she mouthed off to lady catherine and like not like she not when she came never, to her house, but like like it was at her funny. own home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like she mouthed off to Lady Catherine while she was in Lady Catherine's home, invited as a guest. And it it's like that is first of all, that's not the interaction they would have had. Second of all, this woman basically like indirectly owns Lizzie's house. She would never talk that way and put the rest of her family in danger that? for th- just to mouth off for the sake of mouthing off. Yeah, and then there were, like, other characters. Like, Mr. Darcy, they made out to be just, like, snide. When it's, like, okay, right? Mr. Darcy is super awkward. Mr. Darcy is, like, very introverted, and, like, he's terrible at social interactions. Like, mood. He's not, like, he's not a snot. Like, he's a little bit of a snot. Like, he, like if he were... If he were alive today, he would definitely only drink, like, IPAs and kind of stuff, but not, like, mm-hmm. you know... He's not just like, ugh, these people. He's the person who pets the cat at the party. He is the, yeah, he is the person that pets the cat at the party. He doesn't like dogs. He only likes cats. Yeah, he's not the person who sits in the corner of the room and just, like, makes fun of people for literally no reason. Like, okay, like, the first time you meet Lizzie, you would probably think differently, but, like, yeah, he's not, like, ugh, oh my and God. And the other, like, with Caroline Bainley, they just, like, Caroline Bainley is supposed to be kind of that, like, I think I'm the cool girl kind of stereotype. I think Caroline Bingley was the only character that, like, I think the I think this was a credit to the actress who played her and not a credit to the writers at all, because she was the only character that actually seemed like herself, Maybe. at least how I interpreted Caroline Bingley. She was also the only person who was, like, fun to watch on stage. Everyone else was kind of annoying. Well, and then, like, the dad, like, the dad was, like... The dad was super funny and the mom was super funny, but that was about it. Um, I don't know, like... Granted, I may just love the interpretation, like, of the 2005 adaptations of Mr. Bennett of being, like, this loving, like, old man who's just, like, I do not want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But he, like, he was a little bit more, like, bumble, 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 bumble. Like, yeah. Yeah, he had is, a more, like, Richard Gilmore-y vibe where he's just, like, hee, 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 I'm gonna tease my wife. Just kidding, guys. I know what's going on. They just, like, like I feel like they just got everything wrong. And the opening, the opening number was called Happiness in Marriage. At least I assume that because they sang that, that freaking line at least 20 times. And I wanted to bash my head in to the coffee table while I was watching it. Yeah, it was cute, but it had no depth. It was just people talking about their different views on marriage, not... Marriage is important. We could lose our house because we only have because the Bennets only have daughters, and if the if the father dies, we could be turned out on the street. Oh my God, this is terrifying! What a terrible time to live in. It was just like, <laughs> nope, gotta decide if I want to get married for love or financial gain, like Charlotte. Oh, and the, oh yeah, and they had Charlotte be like, Charlotte was like, I want to get married for love. She appeared two times. No, Charlotte three. literally appeared. Oh, three. you're right. At Three the times. end, she was just like... At the end, it seemed like but they gave her remorse. that cheesy musical number. I thought my arteries clogged from the cheesy musical number uh, at the end. That was awful. There were, like, other interactions that, like, would not have happened... Like, that were weird on character base. Like... They were... Yeah. If you knew like, anything about the characters, you Wickham wouldn't have enjoyed and, this. Wickham if and you, Darcy yeah. had, like, a standoff, and it's like... 
Darcy like, tries um, to ignore Wickham's exi- like exactly. Yeah. So the essential elements of Pride and Prejudice. I will give this. It's a pretty tr- like. I wouldn't say it's a good adaptation, but it's like pretty like somewhat accurate because we had we had somewhat of the sister. So like the essential elements we talked about in the past are like the sisterhood between all the Bennett sisters. You have the first and second. You have to have the first and second Darcy proposal. You have to have the Mr. Collins and Charlotte, the cautionary tale, the misunderstanding between Lizzie and uh, Darcy, the Wickham betrayal, the Jane and Bingley romance, the Lady Catherine confrontation and this had everything it was just on a very surface level except the sisterhood i never really felt like this was a group of sisters i thought they i kept thinking these are a group of cardboard cutouts that people are feeding lines to the events in the book happened in the musical the events that happened in the book happened in the musical yes that's about all i can say about it (laughs) that's the adaptation Lizzie's not like other girls. She doesn't want to get married. And then, like, halfway through, Lizzie's not like other girls. She doesn't need Lady Catherine's approval just because she's rich. And it felt like an American who didn't understand the subtleties of Regency England society trying to understand what it was like for women when they barely understand Regency England and women. The thing is, like, there is, like, a profession that's all about researching the history and, like, the time period Mm -hmm. called dramaturgs. It's a beautiful profession. Like it's I a remember, beautiful profession, and this would have really benefited for it. And, like, we're not saying, like, oh, they needed to have hand-sewn eyelets on their dresses. It's just, like, no, not, like, just a base level of understanding of you, you don't scream at royalty. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, Lizzie was a lot more rude in this version. Like, she's supposed to be funny and charming and, like, quick-witted. She's supposed to be, like, I fancy myself, except I think most of the time I sound like an idiot on this podcast, but, like, that's besides the point. I don't know. We haven't gotten any reviews yet, so I can't I'm just going to pretend they're all good until I hear otherwise, and then I'll change. (laughs) Yeah. Was Um, that me throwing shade? I didn't mean to. I love you. If you're listening to this podcast, I love you. (laughs) Send us good reviews. We love you. So Lizzie was just talking. There's, like, a flat-out, like, two-minute number where she's talking back to Lady Catherine, and... I wrote in my notes, this woman has people crushing money, and there were conventions that Lizzie had to follow at the time. Did this writer read the book at all? They Also, Lady Catherine and Lizzie never go head-to-head. If you read the book, or watch the movies, or the BBC miniseries, or, like, read the frickin' spark notes... Um, you would know that Lady Catherine is, like, amused by Lizzie. He, she thinks she's entertaining because she speaks her mind, but in, like, a charming and funny way. Yeah, like, Elizabeth is witty. Like, exactly. Yeah, she this makes... Lizzie wasn't witty. This Lizzie wasn't witty. This Liddy, this Lizzie was headstrong, crashing into walls. Headstrong, crashing into walls. Headstrong, like, crashing into walls. Not a thesaurus. Crash your head into a thesaurus, woman, and then we'll talk. There was, like, another, like, it kind of reminds, I feel like this was, like, a trend on, like, Tumblr, where it was, like, okay, where, like, people were, like, I hate people, and I say I hate people, and, like, it was kind like, if you mm. were in, like, high school or, like, college around the time when, like, Tumblr was really big between, like, 2014 and 2016, maybe even a little bit before then. Oh, those were the days. Those, oh, I admit, yeah, like, old school Tumblr had its, had some great mm-hmm. stuff on it. May it rest in peace. Anyway, like... I feel like there was, like, this trend, and you saw it in real life, too. Like, and, like as soon as you met someone mm-hmm. like this, you were like, oh, that person's on Tumblr. Was, yep. oh, like, 
I hate people and I think you're rude. And it's just like, you're not being witty or like you're not superior. You're just rude. And Elizabeth Bennett is like yeah. someone where, yeah, she like definitely has her opinions and she kind of makes fun of you, but she does it in a way that you're like, you don't realize you're being made fun of or you don't, exactly. or like you're laughing with her. <laughs> being like yep exactly. that's ridiculous yeah like she makes a joke at your expense but like it's still a joke and it's still funny and it's one of those like I know you just insulted me but I'm laughing at the fact that you just insulted me exactly it's like when a comedian like makes fun of your tie at a show and you're just like <laughs> my tie is ugly you're right uh, but yeah Lizzie Bennett this Lizzie Bennett terrible she was just rude the entire time um, also, the stakes aren't... The stakes of why marriage is so important weren't explained until, like, ten minutes in. So, like, if you didn't know the source material, you'd be sitting here like, why do they care so much about marriage? What's the big deal? Yeah, and, like, the other big criticism, I like, that is both thrown on to Pride and Prejudice and, like, musicals is, like, oh, it's just about the romance. And, like, part of the point is, like, we're trying to express, like... Yes, the romance is a big part of it. That's not like that. We're not discrediting the importance of the romance, but there is also so much more to it. And mm-hmm. like this and took away everything. Yeah. It took away everything for the sake of the romance, which is the problem of every other. And anytime we have a rant about a Jane Austen adaptation, it's because of that. It's because they're only focusing on the romance. And um, also in the Collins letter, that's where they just say the law favors men over women. And that's it. And I was like, so so we're just going to address the entire theme of the frickin' novel that was woven in with subtlety and class and everything. We're just going to just gonna throw that in, in one Lady. line, and then never talk about it again. Granted, yes, I know, if, like, any, like, purist, no, I know, she was not a, she wasn't actually a lady, but Lady Jane Austen, mm-hmm. had, like, she could not have, like, she clearly was kind of against it, and she, like, she had to write so many subtleties on it for her own safety in a a sense. And they just ignored it. Okay, now we also have to talk about Mr. Collins because I have grown to love Mr. Collins as a character in the sense that he is fun to watch. Not that he actually has good character growth, but like when he's done well, he is so much fun to watch. Right, because he's he like everybody knows a Mr. Collins where you're just like, oh, okay, you're just gonna and keep like, talking about your job. Okay. Again, like we've explored so many adaptations. Like I love like the way too serious of like 2005. I love mm-hmm. the 1995. Like what's that again? Like like has no idea what's going on kind of past yeah. it and I love the Ricky Collins the Ricky hi, Collins I like, oh I'm a part of this big venture capitalism thing and this is gonna be great like I like I think I'm actually friends with a Ricky Collins like Every, I feel like everyone's friends with a Ricky Collins and, and that's like, fine yes I take the, I take him in doses and I love him but I have to take exactly. him in doses like yeah but this one was creepy this one was creepy um this dude just uh the, the, he sings a whole song where he's going eeny meeny miny mo catch a tiger by the toe which who wh- which girl am i gonna bubble marry bubblegum in a dish yes how which man sister will i wish or like <laughs> yeah exactly it was like that that's that's this song okay so i think we're like starting to go closer to the problems with we that we have with it as a musical because mm-hmm. like that was the song that yeah. they chose for that moment. That's where they put the song. Well, not and like, so you have action. So like in musicals, you have action songs and like you like where that do move the plot forward, and you also have introspective songs. And I think like the best form of an action song 
is in Hamilton. Like the world turned upside down when like they win the Revolutionary yeah. War. That's a great it's a great song in itself, but also there is a lot of action that happens in it. As well as the um why do you ride like you're running out of time? The closer for uh, act yeah. one. Like because it's fast paced, they change the musical style a lot in it and like yeah. they do and it's the same with the closer, uh, the uh, act closer, the first act closer of West Side Story, which also mm-hmm. mimics uh, the closer of La Nazi de Figaro, which I know is opera, but we're, we're not going to get into that topic opera, right now. Opera, musical, honestly, I studied both. They're not that different. Yeah. Um, it's just the way that people sing. Um, yeah. Like, it can be woven in, and especially like with like the layering of different voices, but like the action songs, like... They didn't have that much action in them. They were clearly trying to be action songs. There were no action songs. Like, none of the songs... Most of the songs did not move the plot forward. And that was one of my biggest complaints. Was it's like, okay, so we're just gonna... Like, also, they were really short where it'd be like, okay, Lizzie Bennet is singing for one minute about how she's headstrong, crashing into walls. Again. Or Darcy's falling in love with her. The songs... For some reason. The songs didn't stop. And they all kind of sound the same. They did. They were all awful. And then, like, there, like I just remember there was one where it was just like, oh, oh, when they visited, when her and Mr. and Mrs. Gardner, like, visited Pemberley, mm-hmm. and it was just like, oh, I don't know this man. And it, like, it felt like it lasted for 20 minutes of her. Yeah, it was like, it, it was weird, because the songs, you would think the song ended, and you're like, oh, wow, that's short. That was, like, maybe 30 seconds. And then there'd be some dialogue, and then they'd start singing again. And you're like, but, but why, though? But why? So, like, the song ended up, with la- like, lasting, like, 20 minutes. It was like, oh, this is one song that, like, lasted 20 minutes. And then, for some reason, mm-hmm. they felt the need that, like, for every single, like... yeah, oh, We're not going to get into the Mary Bennett thing, but, like... Uh. Yeah, this... Like, they weren't good. They didn't fit the style. And then, like... Darcy, the- like, had a love song. Like, he had a oh song... Oh, my God, was- Okay. Okay, can we get, like, I I have thoughts about this. Okay, so, this show reminded me why I listen to the soundtracks of musicals before I go see them, so that way I don't get stuck in this situation, and I know I actually like the music before I go. This musical, one of my biggest problems is it had no consistent musical style or musical language throughout it. The song switched from, like, the British parts of Hamilton, which were the worst parts of Hamilton, the folksy pop songs with a drum beat a rock ballad that darcy sings when he's in, like pr- proposing to lizzie bennett and a cheesy chorus number it doesn't have any cohesive language or musical motif now granted a musical like hamilton since we've been bringing it up switches up the musical language in the show but it does that intentionally because lynn know how the man knows how to write a freaking musical he does it to illustrate differences in like region of america and differences in ideas um but here they do it because this man didn't know how to write a freaking song that's why he he couldn't pick a song, so he decided to do all of them. It switched technique. It also um, it switched between belting, which is like what you do when you sing "Defying Gravity" or uh, a pop song, where you belt and you're just like, "And soon I'll try defying gravity." To something classical like the sound of music the hills are alive with the sound of music. Two completely different styles of singing, but they would happen 
within the same song within the same two verses and as a singer that made me really angry because it just like it's really hard to switch techniques mid-phrase normally it's one thing if you're just switching like in the middle of a, in a different into a different song but this was like within two measures you have to change musical styles you have to switch into your head voice you have to do all these different things that just make you sound terrible yeah and you can correct me if you're wrong but also switching from like the light airy head voice like kind mm-hmm. of I think of soprano ask like I'm my voice type is soprano um into like that strong belter voice like it doesn't yeah. that couldn't unless like that person is highly skilled couldn't mm-hmm. that potentially hurt like your voice it could potentially it's it's especially depends on your technique okay. so um because there are some teachers that are really focused on the differences in technique and it's also a different sound so I mean it's like like singing is a muscle so it's kind of like going from running it's kind of like going from running marathons to playing soccer in the same day or like heavy lifting doing heavy lifting when you've just been like doing long curl ups running. or doing, yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly so it, like it, it's a completely it's basically a different type of sport for your voice okay yeah i don't know that's like one thing that i've always heard is like the people who sing these songs don't really sing these type of songs. Like, that's... Sorry. Yeah. Stop t- stop geeking about <laughs> musical theater, Don. Okay. Yeah. Uh, any, like... Yeah, and then there were just weird times when, like, there were different choices of, like, oh, we're going to show Lizzie's side, and now we're going to show Darcy's sides. And, like, it was kind mm-hmm. of like they were trying to make it Hallmark-esque. I feel like it actually would be cool if you took it this side, like the way that um, the musical that like people were obsessed with like back in like the mid two thousands, uh, the last five years. Like I feel like if you took it in like the last five years approach, where like for the first half it was all through Lizzie's perspective and the second mm-hmm. half it was all through Darcy's perspective, I think that'd mm-hmm. be really cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool. But or like the whole like, I mean, if they had done it this way, they would be like, oh, you're quoting the last five years, so it wouldn't have been worth it. Like taking like the opposite approach but meeting in the middle um that would have been also really cool i love the last five years so but like the whole like we're gonna hear about every everyone's inner thoughts all at the same time yeah like because i feel like the switch could have happened to it being more about darcy when she got the letter from darcy yeah that's when okay that's goes on to my next note the majority of the songs happened in the wrong place i feel like darcy's letter should have been a song or there should have been a the song the whole all of darcy's letter should have been a song it wasn't darcy's first and second proposal should have been a fucking showstopper it wasn't um the, like there's so many times where i was like writing all caps in my notes why isn't this a song and then there there's parts where like the walk to pemberley and into pemberley manor was a chorus number and they're just talking about how nice it looks at Pemberley. Pemberley. Just why? Everything is great at Pemberley. Like why? Why did this need to be a song? You could have cut the entire song and or or had the servants talk about how well they're treated and that would have moved the plot forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. There were also parts where like a solo like the solo song of where Darcy is slowly falling in love with Lizzie Bennet even though he doesn't really like her turned into a duet at one point and it just sounded really gross. It was unnecessary. There was, I think, two lines that I liked from that. Was I think I wrote it down. I think it was just like, I like her, like, oh, I like her eyes. Damn it! Like, 
I think I like, yeah, that was really funny. That was like the one funny part where it was like, oh, that's, I, that's cute. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and there was, yeah, there was no real thought that were put into the songs that were included. Like, for example, Wickham starts singing about going into the ministry. Why didn't his song imitate a religious song? You could have had the soldiers come out and do some, like, Bach chorale type of harmonies because those were all religious. And it could have been, like, a little fun way to illustrate that he was kind of, like, a little fun way to show his character and his interests. Um, he could have sung about pride as a sin and kind of shamed Mr. Darcy. They could have made him more like Hans in Frozen where it's just like, oh, something seems off about this guy. And then you find out he's a sack of dirt. That would have been really cool. Right? But they didn't. There were, like, yeah, there were, like, a lot of opportunities to be cool. Like, and Yeah, I think- there were so many opportunities. The whole exchange between Darcy and Miss Bingley and Lizzie could have been a really cool trio where they're just quipping back and forth, but they didn't. Well, and especially, like, because, I mean, I'm obsessed with the way that they did it on the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, even though, like, it, it makes me so mad to see right. Caroline, to see Caroline Lee on screen, like... Right. Yeah, I feel like she did they could have made job. her way more conniving because like mm-hmm. in the book and like she's in the book rude. Well like in the book she's very conniving. Like Lizzie's yeah. like, Oh, you're actually not half bad. Like I'm not the best of friends with you, but you're actually decent. Yeah. Like, yeah, we all know someone like that who's like a social climber where she's like super shady and stuff. Like why wasn't that why wasn't that her character? Um and then why wasn't okay, sorry to keep saying this, but why wasn't Mr. Collins's proposal was like not even a song like he spoke all of the words and that was one of my biggest problems is that they spoke all of the most important parts when like if you listen to musicals the biggest parts are supposed to be where like the stuff happens yeah so like wouldn't mr collins proposal have been amazing if it had been this over the top musical number I think it would have, and I think if, like, as soon as Lizzie said no, like, it was, like, the scratch on, Exactly, like, like she says no, cut, no music, that's it. Also, it's, in her rejection of him, that's when they decided to put the song, is not while he's proposing, but afterwards, when she's rejecting him and he just argues with her, she was so rude to him, and she was super whiny. Like, she called him stupid several times. Like, all Lizzie says in the book is... He's okay. Um, I I just don't think I'd make you happy, at all. Well, because like, we're very different. Well, yeah, and especially it's just one of those like, oh, here we go again about Catherine de Bourgh. Ugh, mm-hmm. here we go again about the importance of studying religion. Meanwhile, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's that kind yeah. of stuff where it's like, ugh, like you had they had so many opportunities to feel like i have like a little cool twist and i'm not saying i like i can't i'm not a composer like i don't know like i don't think i could do it but like there were so many little opportunities that could have been cool yeah and they just fell flat the other like weird thing is like they tried to make like jokes out of mary bennett like, yeah like she was just, was like, just that awkward. person who she was that person who couldn't read a room and, like, that, they should have just cut Mary's part because all she did was announce the w- the location. And Which I don't it. even know why they did that. Like, it was annoying. Oh, I have thoughts, but that goes into um, my next um, segment, which is about um, my problem with it as a performance because the set design was honestly trash. It was just one of those, like, sets where it's just one giant regal-looking room and then they change out the furniture to show it's a different place. So then Mary's job 
with she would switch between being Mary Bennett and being a servant and she would just shout like Longbourn Manor, the kitchen and Netherfield Park, the ballroom and that was her job and I'm pretty sure they did that because honestly if they hadn't told me where they were, I wouldn't have had a freaking clue. Also, they never the Bennetts would never be in the kitchen unless Mrs. Bennett was ordering the servant around. Like Exactly. It was just That's, that's base level. Like there's like a line. I think mm-hmm. even in like some of the movie like the film adaptations about like Oh, which cousin can I compliment for cooking this meal? And Mrs. Bennett was like, "We have servants. We are regal. We, my daughters would we never be caught in the fancy. kitchen." Yeah, they like used, and then there was like at one time where like they were giggling about the soldiers, and Mary was just like, "I don't like war," and they tried to make it a joke, and I'm like, "Why are you making it a joke of like someone being like, like why are you why are you making someone being yeah. a pacifist?" Yeah. A joke. Like there are so many other ways that you can make fun of Mary. <laughs> like Right, like and and they just took away all of those reasons. Yeah. And and that is just I don't know. Ugh. I think the thing that got me, and maybe this is like I am a call me a crunchy girl and all a hippie, I kinda don't care. Um like the whole like, I don't like war and that's like what got laughs and it's like what what? Yeah. Like, well, I kind of get it because, like, they're, like, flirting with the soldiers and being like, wow, what you do must be so important. And she's like, I don't like war. It's like, Mary, Mary, read the room. But that was, like, any humor that she added to the scene was like that, where it's just like, Mary, learn how to read the room. It was just so... <sighs> and then it was just boring. Like, there was, like, at one point where it was, like, I just remember, like, looking up and I was like, this scene is still going on. Yeah, like, we're, we're still going with this. Um, yeah, so the first ten minutes, honestly, could have been cut. It could have just been one giant opening number where we meet everybody. They go, where, like, we meet the Bennets. They go to the ball. Mrs. Bennett is insane. And she's trying to hook Jane up. She's trying to pimp Jane out. And they could have they could have just taken that time to establish the urgency on why the Bennett sisters need to get married. What like and the whole thing with Mr. Collins. They could have used that time to show like, oh, Mrs. Bennett is like trying to hook everybody up. Like she, they, but they didn't. There were so many misses, and half okay. the fun of being in a musical is getting to see the exposition done through song. So the other half, and like this is coming from like I have a very strong dance background. The only reason I didn't get a minor in dance was because I was not shelling out 3000 bucks for dance appreciation. Sorry. It was like... So, in Regency England, the way that you, like, socialized mainly and the way that you flirted was through the social dances. Like, mm-hmm. those were so... Like... Dancing was how you got to socialize. And because, like, the Much like was, middle school. Well, like, but even nowadays, like, you're just kind of, like, silent as, like, you do the awkward, like, shuffle, like, around someone's neck. I mean, not anymore because of COVID, but, like, <laughs> um, like, where you just kind of, like, sway side to side. But, like, those, like, the social line dances, like, that's sometimes, like, the very few times that you can actually, like, talk to the person you're kind of dating without people really noticing. Mm-hmm. And... Like, that, mm-hmm. as well as card games. That was, like, how you socialized, was yeah. you dance, and you would play fun card games, which I think is a great way to live, by the way. Mm-hmm. And Speaking, speaking of, of dancing, you know the song Shall We Dance from, from The King and I, which One, is another two, musical? Yeah, The King and I is another musical about this couple that falls in love even though they're always butting heads and they're always at odds. And the song where they, we, you, the audience, and they kind of realize that they're in love with each other is shall we dance but they never say the word love they never confess their love to each other they just realize it in the song why wasn't a song 
like shall we dance the one like the way Mr. Darcy realized that he was in love with Lizzie Bennet. He literally dances with her at a party, and that's the moment where he's like, hey, she's not that bad. I like her. And they they missed the opportunity, and, and I'm really upset about it. You and mean like that one scene in the 2005 adaptation where they're the only people in the room dancing, and it's the most beautiful exactly. thing you've ever... It's, exactly. Like, why yeah. wasn't there... <sighs> there should have been. But point being is, like, dance was extremely important to this society, Mm-hmm. And there was no dancing. There was, like, no dancing, yeah. And, like, part of, like, the beauty, like, West Side Story has, like, the gangster ballet. Like, I think of, like, right. you think like, of, like, the Jerome what? Robbins Oklahoma. What made Oklahoma so great was the Jerome Robbins choreography. Like, yeah. there's, and even in, like, Wicked, like, the store, like, or e- I think it was, like, come from a way where, like, it's not, like, a dancey dance musical, but the mm-hmm. way that they did the choreography is it's still dance, mm-hmm. but it, like, resembles real life. I think it yeah. won Best Choreography, and it was just, like, but this is with a bunch of actors who can't dance, and, like, it's... Yeah. So you could, like, there are... And, like, people like seeing, like, the old ways of dance. Like, people who are going to go see a musical about Pride and Prejudice are, like, want to see, like, the court dances, kind yeah. of. I will say, I also, like... My favorite musical that I've seen recently is Hades Town, and that director Rachel, I forget how to say her name. Is it Shavik? Uh, you'd have correct? to you'd have to text it to me, but I know she also did the Great Comet, um, or it was the Great Comet. Yeah, you want to talk about women? Chavkin. Yeah, Chavkin. Sorry, um, you want to talk about women like just killing it in musical theater? Look no further than her because. Her choreography and her directing, just astounding. Like, I, when I go see a musical, I want to see something that I could not see in a movie. I want to see something that I could never see or picture in my head reading a play. And her her choreography for Hadestown is mind-blowing. That, sh- that is a show that comes together when you see it. And the blocking, on the other hand, in this show was pretty awful. At one point, they stand in a line. Actually, no, it's several points. They just stand in a line, which if you have any background in any type of theater, you know, or like any friends who did like musicals in high school or really into theater now, you know, do not stand in a line because it looks amateurish. It looks terrible. Levels, levels, levels. I feel like there's like this, like it's like level one drama, level one drama camp. Like you play this game called levels where like you have to like obnoxiously be in different levels for no reason. And like, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be at a different level or you have to be like, you have to clump. Like you have to clump with a group of two or three off to the side. You can't just stand in one line. Like more than four people in a group makes it a line. Unless you're doing a kick line, then please do it. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like, or unless it's literally choreographed to be like that, that's different. But like, yeah. yeah, they did that several times where they literally just stood there and sang in a line. They also did the high school musical theater thing of, I'm about to sing. And I could always tell them when they were about to sing because they would just step right up to the front of the stage and belt out a, a random rock ballad. Because, like, why? Um, why not? And let's shake sky's our the limit when you don't before give, we're yeah. about to sing. <laughs> yep, and sky, you know, the sky's the limit when you don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, they, they would do that. Also, um, so fun fact about me, I have been teaching, I have taught musical theater to, like, elementary kids and through, like, middle school to, like, lower high school. 
And normally the issue when you teach musical theater to children is that they don't cheat out enough. And what the word what cheat out, for those of you who maybe aren't in the know, is when you're having a conversation with someone on stage, the tendency is to kind of ignore the audience and face the character that you're talking to. So cheating out means you kind of turn one of your shoulders out to the side so that way you still look like you're having a normal conversation with the other character, but everybody else can see your face. However, the actress who played Lizzie Bennett did the opposite. She would just completely turn to the audience while she's supposed to be talking to another character. And it it was killing me. So then the audience could see all of her bo- all of her body language, but the character she was talking to, it just looked like she was flat out ignoring them or not talking to them at all. So she cheated out too much. Also, uh, she kept staring at the audience like she thought she was in Regen- the Regency England version of The Office, where she would just stare at the audience like they were Jim, like she was Jim staring into the camera. Except she didn't have Jim's facial expressions. Exactly. So she would just kind of like smile or like make the facial expression for a second and then forget she was in a musical. Yeah, it's... Okay, so this didn't work as a musical. It didn't really work as an adaptation of Pride and Prejudice. It like, did not. It did then not. I, also, I just want to say that the cheating out thing, like, that's something the director should have given her notes on. So, like, if she, if he did if, and she just ignored them, that's on her. But, like, if nobody ever brought that up to her or if she was literally told to do that, that's not correct. That, that It did not come off well. Yeah, and then I think, I think there is beauty in, like, Get the thing that's like kills me too is the dance thing. And like, granted, yes, I do have the dance background. You mean the no dance? Yes, the, the lack no dance. Of dance. Thing. When I go there see was... a musical, I expect some type of dancing or like intense movement, and I did not see any. Well, like, there are some musicals that are definitely like not dancey. Like, I would not consider Les Mis like a dance musical, but there's yeah, like different. But it's choreographed... stylized. Yeah, like the way that like they move in like. There's so many French names of that musical. Like, the pub versus mm-hmm. how they're moving at the barricades, like, is so yeah. different. And you can tell, like, where they are. Plus, they have fight scenes. So, I mean, it's different kind of choreography. Yeah, but, like, it's, still choreogra- but it's still choreography. The but. beauty of transferring things to mediums is being able to, like, take the same story and see how it works in another medium. Like, the, the reason why the 2005 adaptation works is because it took a very in- introspective no- like mm-hmm. novel and paired it with very good visuals because film is a visual medium. Mm-hmm. The way- reason why like Lizzie Bennet Diaries works is because they took a very introspective novel and they turned it into, this is my vlog, like, yeah. of seeing like Lizzie's interpretations like yeah. as the story, and it worked. I feel like if you wanted to turn like Pride and Prejudice into a musical it would have to be dance heavy because that's where all of the courting used to happen in Regency England and that's where all of the courting happens and they didn't Mm -hmm. take that opportunity also Jane and Bingley like met once in this version they met they met up like once and then never saw each other again as far as I could tell and Jane was just like can we go stalk him and maybe see if he's buying like eggs at the market like it was like yeah it was like girl um if you are a man you would have had a restraining order by now how about we don't stalk him and like no I like I I mean I kind of get the whole like oh like when you have a crush you just kind of want to follow them a little bit or like you start watching but the key is to not do that hold it in rein in the crazy guys I, I, I try to empathize with 
the 16 year old version of myself that <laughs> I used to have. Oh no, like, the 16 year old version of me was totally like that. However, now that I'm an adult, I could go back and be like, it's a good thing we didn't actually do that, 16 year old Colleen. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely like watched like TV shows and movies just to like try to like do stuff, but you know, like. Mm-hmm. Or pretend that I didn't like rom-coms, which, because when that was a trend, ugh, I hated. Um, oh, yeah, anyway, I totally like they, tried to be the, I'm not like other girls. I was so that girl, like... Oh, yeah, like, everybody has those phases in high school. If you didn't have it in high school, you're probably having that phase right now, I'm sorry to tell you. Mm-hmm. Or if you're in high school and you don't think you're in that phase, you're probably in that phase. Yeah, you, um, you're like, I'm not like other girls. I don't think, like, oh, no. My downfall is when people started cringing at Zoe Deschanel. I was like, no, I'm naturally like Zoe Deschanel. You need to stop. I am adorable. Lo- oh, yeah. When I watched The New Girl, I was like, oh, my God, this is Dawn. <laughs> yeah, I've been compared to Zoe Deschanel, but I don't play it up. That is genuinely my character. Yeah. <laughs> like the whole like, I make jam. Yeah, I like jam. I make jam on the weekends. Like, no, I, I, I do. Yeah. Um, so my downfall is the fact that Zoe Deschanel is now now popular. Anyway, like okay, they co- they had this amazing opportunity to take like oh what's great about musical theater is like the music and the dance. So they could have had these like park and bark numbers mm-hmm. where like Darcy like has this emotional song like mm-hmm. eleven o'clock number when he confesses like about when he has, sends the letter to Lizzie, and they could have had these like beautiful like. George Balanchine, like, Martha Grant, like, may, like George Balanchine, Jerome Robbins, like, kind of choreography. And, like, it didn't have to be that typical Broadway choreography. It could have been, like, it could be, like, any iteration, but just long, as long as it was, like, choreography, and they and took it away. stylized. Yeah, yeah. And stylized. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be a dance that's fully choreographed, but it could just be, like, a stylized musical number where, like, all the movements are sharp or at least intentional. Yeah, and there's, like, like in the dance world like in the musical theater world there is different like there Paul if for any like dance nerds out there like Paul Taylor is a choreographer who he took dancers and like some of the dances that he made that are the most beautiful are like they only like skip hop and jump but like the way that like he had like Mm -hmm. blocks of people move almost like a marching band setting like it made it beautiful and Mm -hmm. you totally could do that and I think that's a similar style to what happened in Come From Away like, and yeah. they took that chance, and they took it away. Like, yep. it could have been cool to see Lizzie Bennet as a ballerina, like, but... Right. Or, like, like, doing any type of movement. Also, that yeah. girl did not know what to do with her hands. She should meet me. By the way, for the listeners, all I do is talk with my hands. Um, exactly. If we, ever have a, like, if we ever have a visual element to this, you're going to be very surprised. <laughs> oh my god, it's going to be so funny. <sighs> so, yeah, all around, I'd say it was, like... Uh, I can't even say it was a decent adaptation because, like, it was so watered down. It was the plots that the plots that happened in the book happened in the musical. That was it. Yeah, like I can't even say it was like Sparknotes or Wikipedia because, like, the Sparknotes and Wikipedia for Pride and Prejudice actually go into a lot of depth. So, like, kudos to you guys. But yeah, for anyone, like, this is like definitely like an older reference, like a quasi older reference, but like. I feel like if they had done the joke that a very Potter musical, like, had done, like, when Darcy did his first proposal, where it was like, I, I hate mudbloods, I hate gingers, like, my, my, my dad's parents are the, like, 
are friends with the person that killed your parents. Would you like to be my friends? Like, in- right? Like that would have been so funny. I just I felt like the best moments in this musical happened when they weren't singing. Yeah. Like, I would have rather cut all the music and then just have this as a play, and it would have, like, it would have been a solid, like, probably, like, B-plus of a play, but with all the bad musical moments that were just, like, misses or at the Mm -hmm. wrong times, I have to, I have to give this, like, a D. We would have to, I I say this is on the cutting room floor, I would say, you have to revisit it. Like, Because, again, like, the story works for musicals. Like, this kind of story wouldn't work for a musical. It's just... Because, exactly. I mean, like, the whole, like, we hate each other, we love each other is so common It's everywhere. such a classic. Like, everybody... I was trying to explain that to anybody who ever asked me about the podcast. They're, if, if they don't really know of Jane Austen, they're kind of like, how do you have so much stuff about Pride and Prejudice to go through? And I'm like, well, it's a classic story because it's about two people who hate each other at first and then fall in love. Like, who doesn't love a story like that? It's personal it's one of my favorite tropes so it is yeah i think i was like talking yeah it is definitely my like favorite trope everybody loves then, that trope they do it in when harry met sally yeah. we've done like hallmark has done so many different versions of pride and prejudice adaptations like it's, it's none of them are good but they try none of them are good but like god damn it if they don't try bridget jones which was also a cultural movement yeah, exactly. So it's like they could have they could have done so much better. I would have rather watched um, Bridget got, Jones the musical. You've, Bridget Jones the musical would be amazing. Twitter Army, please help us make this happen. Or Twitter Army that doesn't exist because I forget I run the Twitter. Um, please tweet at Lin Manuel Miranda and ask him to do Pride and Prejudice the musical. We will pay him in thank yous on our podcast because I mean, I we think- have no money. Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, has proven that you can turn anything into hip-hop, like... Right, he's true, he's, like, I would have been fine with a hip-hop, hip-hop opera slash musical of Pride and Prejudice, because it would have at least had a consistent musical genre. Yeah, and, like... (gasps) Oh my god, a rap battle between Lizzie and Darcy... Whoa! <laughs> Wait, it could happen. It could happen. Yo, Lynn. It would like it would be. Lynn, it would, we like, love you. Battle with the cabinet battles. Right, Lynn. Come on the show. We love you. And I feel like the um, Caroline Bainley would be like the King George, where she only sings in this pop right tune. Or like, I don't know. I like how like I loved the trope in like the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. How like Mister like how Darcy. Like only like worry like is just like oh I like the weird alternative music I think it would have been right. so cool he wore suspenders and a bow tie very Matt Smith very Matt which it what, oh like, my it God, came out yes. during that time um, bow tie oh yeah because Matt cool. Smith made like suspenders hot for lack of a better way to put it uh-huh. why is Matt Smith attractive see I find him attractive and I don't know I exactly like I find Matt Smith and David Tennant very attractive but I don't know why uh, I guess since we're I guess that came up because we're talking about British people yeah um, by the way yes if you wanted to know back in the heydays of Tumblr Colleen and I were both British wannabe Tiaboos so 100% you we're know doing it. A, we're doing a podcast about Jane Austen what else do you want from us we're doing a podcast about Jane Austen because okay. Tumblr isn't cool anymore so, anyway so anyway like okay back to like the whole like academic point of like Austen and the train I think this is to me this musical represents 
why people criticize Jane Austen it is because like they hear the bad music and they like kind of roll their eyes they only focus on the romance and they like they roll their eyes and yeah. it's like this kind of musical that like hurts these beautiful stories and like mm-hmm. because they're not like yeah you need to play up some of the older stuff because it doesn't like people want more obvious things nowadays like people don't pick up on the subtleties as much like yeah people don't know a lot about regency england like unless you yeah. are nerds like us or or you have your introduction into it and that's what sparks your us. journey because of us or because of jane austen or because your english teacher made you read pride and prejudice or in like the seventh think, grade or because you think 1995 colin firth is kind of hot like or you he think karen knightley is a beautiful goddess like, she also is a beautiful goddess both these things are true. Um, yes. Yeah, I think, well, like, it's just, like, people, like, and, like, the audiences are smart. With the amount of, like, Easter eggs that Marvel fans can pick up on. Right. Like, is insane. So, audiences, exactly. I don't think, have ever been this smart. Yeah, like, I, I feel it, and I feel like this musical treated audiences like they're idiots. Yeah. And it just was, like, because, like, there's humorous things, like, in it. Like, if you had, like, made... Colin's not a creep, but that guy, again, that gets, like, way too close to you as yeah. you're, like, backing up into the wall. I think that would have been hilarious. The face talker. Or if, um, like, uh, I think, you know what would have been really funny? If, like, Colin's, like, started to do, like, this, like, songs that were, like, these, like, religious style with, like, the gorgeous back house. And, like, Kitty, yes. like, Lydia would just interrupt, like, but what about the ball? And then it would be, like, the record Yes! Oh, my God, again. that would have been so funny. Yeah. And, like, that's how you add the humor in. And I think, like about like if charlotte had a ballad of like like the don't you dare judge me lizzie like speech i think yeah that is a musical moment and i there was actually one song that i kind of liked it was like the whole like after like lydia finds out i feel like you could have made that lizzie's 11 o'clock number yeah or you could have made her speech to like Catherine de Bourgh, like don't you come to my house and like insult everything yeah I like have. it shouldn't have been a we're women so we're fighting a rare cat fight but it, it should have been a you do not come into my house and tell me who i can and cannot marry uninvited one like she doesn't like just say like oh you can't marry him it's like she insults every aspect of lizzie's identity mm-hmm. yeah and it's like that could have been Lizzie's like eleven o'clock number, like in the turmoil, like yeah, exactly, like in the wake of everything that happened with Lydia. The only musical number that I really liked and I really wanted more of was that quintet that all the Bennett ladies sing of. We're ruined now. Like that was what the are one we gonna good song. do? That was the one good song that I liked, and that that was it. Everything, and I wanted more of that. Like, anytime they did something right, I wanted more of it, but it happened once for, like, mm-hmm. two seconds. So is this Jane approved? No, because she... No, yeah. it is not. Cause it, Jane like, would be so mad. Because it takes away from her core themes, and it takes away from, like, her core, like, themes. Just like how... Mm-hmm. I mean, the classic example, I think, is how Roald Dow actually wrote the adaptation of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory for film. Mm. And so even though it's very, very different from the book, like, that's, like, it stays the way that he wrote it, the screenplay mm-hmm. feels true to the book, and that's why, like, it actually is yeah. a interpretation. Even though, plot-wise, the Tim Burton version is technically... Yeah. More events in the Tim Burton one are match the events in yeah. the... But, like, it doesn't... That's what we say, is, like, with these adaptations, you have to think about the medium, and, like, they didn't think about it at all. They were like, women like no. musicals, and women like... Yeah. 
Pride and Prejudice, so let's just do this. Lizzie's not like other girls. Yeah, that's uh, that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, it was super annoying, so, and yeah, like I give it like a solid D, solid maybe D. an F. Mm-hmm. The D is only because they actually hit the plot points. What was the other one that we hated that I blocked out of my memory? Was that uh, Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe? Oh yeah, I think I would rather watch that. <laughs> yeah, that one I was at least entertained because of the Hallmark tropes, mostly. Like exactly, yeah. Because it was a fun Hallmark movie, but like it's fun to make fun of. Like this wasn't really fun to make fun of. It just made was, me angry. I, it was two hours long. It was Hallmark two was hours nice. of my life. Hallmark was seventy-eight minutes. It wasn't even an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly, not including commercial breaks. If you watched it on cable, so I'm sorry, my dear listeners. If you would like, so there is a trend on TikTok. Now keep in mind, we're not really on TikTok, but if you make a TikTok, we may start a TikTok just so that we can watch these. Yes. There is a trend on TikTok going around where they're just taking random stuff and turning it into musicals. Like I think TikTok. it started with like Bridgerton, and like there's oh, yeah, like they're a bunch making of Ratatouille, other stuff. the TikTok musical. Apparently, the Ratatouille that has was a actually- star-studded cast. Why? It was a disappointment. Oh, yeah, sad. but. Like, point being, I am for this trend of this idea of how can we turn this kind of medium into a musical. Yes. Like, I want to see different people's interpretations. It could be on TikTok. It could be on YouTube. I don't care. I want to see your, I want to hear interpretations yep. of musicals because I think it can be done. Yes. I, you know who I would, I would consider asking? Like, we have some friends, because we went to music school, some friends who are composers, and if one of and, um hey, there's did a you certain know friend. That we <laughs> did you know we went to music school? school? <laughs> um, it, that wasn't obvious before. It's definitely obvious now. Um, but there's one friend, and I, I performed in her um, senior recital, and I think she was never given enough credit. I think she really grew as a composer. She wasn't given enough credit when we were in school. But honestly, I would love to see her write some, like, try to write, maybe not, mm-hmm. like, write a whole musical, but, like, write, like, one number. Because, like, honestly, if this dude, Paul, whatever his face is, can write a musical and get people to pay him for it, then, like, I think she totally could. And I'm, I'm saying she because I'm not sure if she's comfortable with me saying her name, but if she's listening, she totally knows who uh, it, that I'm talking about her. Yeah, and I mean, like, look, have you ever, like, seen an overzealous, like, I know so many, granted, like, sorry, I'm, like, ratting out my cousin, like, the amount of, like, high school theaterkins who will, mm-hmm. like, write musicals that they're so passionate about that they think is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, granted, like, they're decent. Like, they're great first attempts, but, like, they're some of them are great. Some of them are, like, eh. But you know what? I love that kind of energy. Theater people exude that kind of energy. It's like, so Like, you great. can do this. <laughs> Theater people are so much fun at parties because of that. Mm-hmm. So much the day energy, after so much parties, they, The day after parties, you look at them and you go, how do you have that much energy? They're like, Still. let's go to brunch, you guys. Bottomless mimosas. And then you're like, can what about bottomless coffee? <laughs> also that. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Um, okay. But yes, we challenge you. Next week we are looking at uh oh, becoming Jane, and we're gonna have a special guest star, Miss Sophie Strelzer. Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for Sophie. Who it's be is great. she writes, she has been a writer, a stand-up comedian, as well as a performer. I believe she had this really cool residency in France, too, that I want to ask her about. Um, Mm -hmm. She's hilarious. She's chic. We love her. You'll love her. All right. So, Colleen, got anything to promote? 
Um, hi, I, I am the sassy blonde writer, and I make videos. Watch them, or don't. And also, we have a Patreon! I remembered this time! Yay! Yay! Um, and just as a heads up, we would like to add, we would, um, it's probably on our previous episodes, but I, this is the first time that I can finally say it out loud. We would like to thank our editor. We're thank sorry you. we ramble. Please do check out our Patreon. We do have some cool perks on there. We have a movie club program, as well as we can do shoutouts, and... We have about three levels of tiers. None of them, I think we have a $1, a $5, and a $10 a month. So whatever fits your budget. As well as if you do not have the means to support us, leaving us a review on iTunes and Spotify playlist. It will really do a lot. Um, and also, because I, I enjoy, I, I probably shouldn't invite the internet to do constructive criticism, but I personally enjoy constructive criticism, so leave a review if nothing else, so you or you could, yeah. you could say either we're amazing, you could say we're terrible, you could say you could actually give genuine constructive criticism I'll be happy no matter what We get points for engagement! Yay! Alright So, well See I, you I guys wanna, next time Oh, sorry. I guess, I was, well I'm trying to think of something that's not seeing you guys next time because We'll we're have not a spot of anyone. tea with you later all right, we'll have some tea with you later as we dive into Becoming Jane.